Hello everyone, welcome back to OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. Unless you live in or near one of the big two cities, New York and LA, the amount of brand support J Fashion communities have in other cities and countries feels lacking. If you live in a smaller city, the amount of brand-affiliated events that go on are incredibly few and far between, sometimes even non-existent. If a brand doesn't feel like there is enough money to be made from visiting a city, it's unlikely it'll make an appearance. Today, we will be talking with Alexia, aka Ghost Girl from Ghost Girl Goods, who has become one of the forerunners to get Japanese brands to attend international events outside of the big two. She'll tell us about her journey and success in bringing kawaii and alternative fashion to her home of Toronto. Stay tuned and listen for an exclusive Ghost Girl Goods discount code. Before you get into that, let's head on to our news and updates for this month. Oh, this month has been a doozy. Just Mm -hmm. there's been so, so, so much going on. Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, As far as so, so much going on. Um, my cat had a mild case of pancreatitis, which was scary, of course, because your cat can die from that or anyone. <laughs> so, um, definitely had to take a lot of time to feed her all of these medications and keep an eye on her energy levels, uh, bathroom stuff, eating. How does she take to medication? Does she take it well or does she fight? Um, I try to like kind of like sit on top of her a little bit and then like <laughs> squirt this thing in her mouth. And it's just Poor like, baby. at first, it, at first I was able to just like open her mouth and then like cut, try to squirt the thing or something. Then she figured out that like, oh, me allowing you to open my mouth is not good. So I was just like, now I just have to stick it through like the side of her mouth to make it open. And I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm saying I'm sorry the entire time. Yeah, (laughs) I hate it. And then also going to the vet too more often. We stuck her inside of the cat duffel bag thing and we're in the car driving up there for like um the appointment yesterday and her eyes were literally like wet and tearing up and just like "Ah!" and i'm just like i know i read on the internet that cats don't cry for emotional reasons but this is the second time this has happened and i'm feeling like the cat is crying I have seen it when their eyes get watery and it breaks my heart. Like when she had the cone some other time, she definitely would have the one, the tear in her eye some of the time. And I'm just all like, oh my gosh, you're crying. You hate this. And so, yeah, so it was really, it's really difficult. It definitely did a number on my anxiety, me waking up in the middle of the night being all like, I hope she's okay. And then walking out of bed and being like, okay, you're okay. You're okay. And then go. You're not dead. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're not dead. Exactly. Like my worst nightmare is for her to be going through pain or anything like that and and I wasn't even there so it um affected me a lot uh the cat being sick but um she seems to be on the mend um acting like her normal self um we're waiting for tests to come in to see if the 
I guess the pancreatitis enzyme levels or whatever have uh, gone down to a normal level. And then we'll probably, if so, we'll probably um, be switching her to a hypoallergenic diet. Hmm. Yeah, which I'm just like, I did not know that was a thing. Um, But I guess there's like, at least when I go to Petco, I've seen some sensitive stomach foods, uh, both dry and wet or limited ingredient food. So I'm just Hmm. like, oh, okay. There's like these things that existed that I wasn't even like looking at. Yeah. So for now, I have her on um, eating some of those things until we figure out like, I guess, exactly what's going on. What the preferred diet is. Right. Right. Exactly. So yeah, you're looking for a cat. Yes, I am looking for a cat. And like the potential medical issues of having a cat is what scares me the the most not because of like price tag or anything just because my heart will break and i will cry and it's hard and difficult speaking of heartbreak i have been breaking my own heart and i don't know why i do this to myself (laughs) i cannot help but keep looking at cat adoption listings even though i know they won't let us adopt a cat until we're like two weeks moved in to our new place oh okay i didn't know that yeah because my thought process was i'm moving into my new apartment which i have done i am in the new Mm -hmm. apartment Mm -hmm. but so my thought process was we start looking for a cat and we send in our application and we can get a cat at like the two week mark, you know, mm-hmm. get start right. the process early, get a cat earlier. Right. But both adoption agencies that I applied to were like, no, we won't start the process with you until you're settled in. And I was like, okay, I get it. But like, I want a cat sooner rather than later. Like I'd uh-huh. rather get a cat at like the two week mark as opposed to starting at the two week mark and not getting a cat until the four week mark, you know? Right, right. Like at least while you're setting up, you could set it up in a way that's best for the cat that you have. Mm-hmm. So that was my thought process, but no one was, everyone was like, no, we're not going to start it yet. Come back later. So now I'm just kind of biding my time and I'm like, okay, <laughs> wins the cats. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I suppose just... it does, like, I again, I understand. And it gives us some more time to, like, buy the cat furniture that we want right. to get. Okay. So we're going to finish all of our unpacking this weekend and measure out the spaces that we want to have some cat stuff um, in. Cat tree, I want to have at least... At least two windowsills for like a window hammock for a cat. Mm-hmm. I just want a baby so bad. I want a baby <laughs> so bad. I remember trying to go through like an adoption thing and they were just like, oh, well, you have to have this really big space to have. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And then they're like, you need to be making this much amount of money. And I'm just like, what? And, that, and, and like at the time, Simon was still like an apprentice. So I guess he wasn't making as much as he makes now. But I still felt like this is still a good amount of money. Why? And, you know, they had their own calculations of like how much the cat, the cat food that they would prefer the cats to be on would cost and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, okay, I didn't realize that. Why is, why aren't these things listed on the site too? If you have all these specifications, yeah, that's that's weird. I was just like, I don't like this um, process. Um, it feels 
I don't know. Invasive. Yeah, it feels invasive. Right, right. And so I'm just like, I, I mean, I get you trying to make sure cats go to a good home that's going to be taking care of them and everything like that. But I just felt like I was, I guess, trying to sign up for like another apartment or something. <laughs> like, yeah. what's your credit score? <laughs> <laughs> You can't get this cat unless your credit score and your income is this. And I'm just like, am I applying for a credit card? Like, what is this? That is weird. That is really weird. The two places I applied to were just like, what is your job and what is your pet history? Ah, yeah. Okay. That's the big two things that they asked. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I'm just like, I have... The two cats from my cousin who, you know, wasn't going to be able to keep them um, with the places that he was moving into, so. Turned out okay. Yeah, turned out fine. Uh, Don't have to pay adoption fees for them. Right, exactly. No adoption (laughs) fees. And then hopefully this will help when one day we want to get like a dog or something like that. We have our references just like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, Mipsy and and Juno, they're going to be filling out their... Little letters of recommendation. (laughs) (laughs) You get the paw stamp. Right. (laughs) Our our vets say that we're really good cat owners. I've been really on top of their health. Well, that's always a good recommendation. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And then you also had, you had a couple other big things coming out this, this month. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, I had the uh, Worry Don't Be Happy release with Hard Decora, which was like vent art about my misreading of don't worry, be happy phrase on different like art pieces. I always would see like uh, worry, don't be happy. And I'm just like, oh, is this my generalized anxiety disorder? (laughs) (laughs) It just wants you. It wants you. To read it this way. Right, exactly. And thinking about it further, it just it's just kind of like trying to go through like and cope with the anxiety, but it's like kind of just this thing in the background that's just like, oh, do you not have something to worry about? We need to find something mm-hmm. to worry about. So I decided to create some art around that, which was like a upside down smiley face. Um, which represents the trying to cope and get through it, um, but also <laughs> the phrase uh, going circling the uh, smiley face saying, worry, don't be happy, and some like pastel cute colors. Yeah, so that just like came out, what was like last week or something like that? Yeah. yeah. But I've been appreciating people's comments about how they relate to the artwork um, and how they totally like get, this feeling I, that I experience and they're like, yeah, I'm going to get like a sticker or a shirt or something like that. That's just like, yeah, I'm going to talk about this. I totally get it because, you know, if you aren't feeling great and people don't understand how depression, anxiety work, mm-hmm. it's like, just get over it. Just get over it. And it's like, yeah. eh, I can't. Right, exactly, because, like, it's the difference between it being, like, acute and it being something that's, like, chronic, because 
I would think that like, oh, once I solve all these problems, then the worry feeling will go away. It's done. And it's just like, (laughs) even when there's like the thing, whatever like problem I'm thinking that I'm worrying about goes away, I still feel this like kind of ghost of the anxiety being like, oh, there's something you don't know about. (laughs) Oh my God, I hate it when it's like, I've forgotten something or there's something wrong. I don't know what it is, but something's wrong. Right, oh my gosh. It's just like horror movie, like, but daily life. (laughs) Oh my God, it's awful. I, I think it's a good, I don't know, conversational piece of just like how to talk about it, of just like, this is what my mind is telling me to do it's not going to be solved in the way of like oh just solve this problem or there's no problem so now you can feel okay it's just like no like this is the problem so yeah so I, I made it about that I'm sure some people were put off by it um just because it's instead of it being like a positivity shirt it is like focusing on a feeling that is negative but they are part of the problem <laughs> they're part of the problem it was like this i did get a comment being like you know anxiety is not cute this seems overly negative my first thought in my head was to be like well have you uh have you been here long? Because I do a lot of uh, <laughs> negative feelings here. <laughs> uh, a lot of my artwork is, uh, I'm discovering, is vent art, whether like it's just me being like annoyed, angry, sad. So I'm just like, yeah, I, I kind of do that a lot here. Um, even with the damn it shirts, which are kind of like funny, this is a negative feeling that I'm dressing up with cute things. So yeah, so I'm just like, that's kind of a theme here. So, but I explained my experience with anxiety and then put it in the original post. And I think people like understood it. That is something if you want to pick up or check out, you can go on my website, harddecor.com, plug, plug. Um, (laughs) (laughs) To see. And then the other, um, I guess, big thing that I finished was uh, transferring my printed comic to a vertical comic format so that um, it'll be easier to read on Webtoon, maybe even Tapas. I might, I might double post um, eventually. Um, but yeah, so it doesn't mean that I'm going to be putting it up right away because I want to make some more buffer of new content. Smart. <laughs> before I put it out there. But that was like a big thing that had to get done first before I started on the new content. So I'm really excited to start the next chapter or something with the comic. I'm excited too, because I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I want to know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be funny. <laughs> so we have started doing this monthly Q&A that we are having our audience, all of y'all, participate with. And this month's question was, while dressed alternatively in public, do you like getting positive attention from normies or would you rather be left alone? And holy crap, we got so many responses. Mm-hmm. Kamila made the questions and I was just kind of watching as everything happened. Kamila goes, oh, we didn't get any responses. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we fucking did. <laughs> And I sent, like, three screenshots. I'm like, we got, like, almost 30. 
I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it was because, like, I have this, like, app blocker VPN thing. So sometimes it'll, like, let me through and be like, you can see some sort of update of what's going on. And I'm just like, all right. But sometimes it's wrong. <laughs> or it's blocking certain things, notifications from coming through. Um, it's starting to work better now. Um, a lot, it, it uses the VPN thing to try and block it and stuff so yeah I think something was happening where like oh it wasn't telling me about that notification so it's just like yay that's good because I was thinking like oh my gosh we went from like getting some good responses to like just zero <laughs> yeah like, everyone hates us they hated the question and <laughs> but we got 27 responses and we divided it up into three categories for people who like to be interacted with people who like to be left alone, and people who said that it's dependent on their mood or their plans. So out of like interacted, that would be 33% of the answers. 33% of you said that interactions are fine. And then left alone is like 41%. Like that's the largest percentage. You all would like to be left alone regardless of whether it's positive interaction or negative. And then 26% said depends on, you know, the situation, the moon, um, the environment. And so, yeah. Did you say like, the moon? Oh, mood. I heard moon and I was like, it depends on the lunar cycle. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Just like, yeah, so we're werewolves too. Yeah, on the full and... <laughs> moon, you can talk to me, but no waxing right. or waning. You can talk to me because, like, I have the power to bite your head off, literally. <laughs> but... <laughs> but yeah, these responses are really interesting. I know that just being visible doesn't mean that we want to be talked to, necessarily. I thought the left alone and the interacted percentages would have been switched. That flies in the face of like the stereotype of like, you're wearing this to like get attention. Yeah, or it's like, you should expect people to ask questions if you're dressed like that. Mm -hmm. That's what you guys want, the vanity. And I'm just like, oh, well, actually, <laughs> we dress this way because we like it. And it does not matter whether you're saying good things to us. <laughs> Yeah, it was just really interesting to see all of these responses and see what the percentages came out to. Mm -hmm. And of course, the sample size was very, very small. So things could level out if the uh, sample size was a little larger. We're getting yeah. into statistics today, everyone. <laughs> but it was just very, very interesting to see all the different thoughts. Where do you place yourself, Hayden? I like to be interacted with. I'm an attention whore, like high key, <laughs> all the time. I will say I like to be a bitch, so <laughs> even negative interaction, I'm I, I'm okay. I I'm not okay with. I mean I don't like it, but like You can handle it. I can handle it and sometimes I'm like Man, I wish I'd, someone would say mean things to me just so I could have a story, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just like, I can't wait to see what these people are going to say to me today. Like, this yeah. is for certain outfits. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely like the interaction. I, I like being able to educate people. And a lot of times when I go out, people are like, wow, your outfit makes me so happy. Or like, mm -hmm. wow, what is this? I want to learn more about this. I want to like try this. And that makes like brings me so much joy personally mm -hmm. what about you i'd put myself in the depends 
category. I like positive attention. And sometimes some days I go out like expecting it like, ooh, I know I'm going to be walking past this place and they're going to be like, oh, love your outfit today. And I'm going to be like, yay. Um, <laughs> even when it's not like a Instagram worthy um, outfit. You, you know. pass by Sephora and you know all the workers in there are going to be like, oh my God. Right, right. I have this one um bagel local bagel place that I go to and the people that work there kind of like recognize me by my outfit and mask and so they're just like yeah like love your outfit love your skates today or something like that so if I go in there like expecting that but then uh sometimes I'm kind of like in a low mood but like I have like it'll be times where I like I have colorful braids or like a permanent standout thing And since I've worked in kind of like the, some of the stores that are in my like kind of local downtown area or something, I'll go in there and then someone will spot me that like recognizes me from when I worked there or something. And they're just like, oh, hey, wow, you wear like, you have like this color hair. I used to have purple hair. And when I had purple (laughs) hair, let me show you the picture. And I'm just like... Okay, I just want to, like, shop. I want to go home. (laughs) Right, exactly. I'm just trying to do something real quick. Mm -hmm. And you're lengthening the process in an unnecessary way. Just, like, say your comment about something and then let me go and look through the store without feeling like I'm being, like, watched for a comment about what I'm wearing. It like depends. So even sometimes when it's like positive, that's like my bracelets uh, clacking. Um, (laughs) But mostly, mostly I like positive interaction though. I totally get ya. And before we get into our interview for this month, let's just give a quick thanks to our patrons. We would like to give a big thanks to Lindsay S. Salafilisi? Salafilishi? I'm sorry, please tell us how to pronounce your name. <laughs> uh, Bella, Eva Sparkles, Marina K, Jazz, Vesper, Jenna S, and Candy Graffiti. I love Jazz. That's so cool. And then we have Dara, Yuki S, Vicky, Messy Toy Box, Mariah B. Samantha W, Fluffy Kawaii Joe, Caitlin W, Kayatan, Jaded Island, Jesse Moonheart, Yolanda H, and Poovy Thel. Thank you all so very much for your support. It is greatly appreciated. It helps to keep us going every month. And without further ado, let's take a quick break, grab a snack, grab some water, and we will get into our interview for this month. Before we get into our interview for this month, Kamila and I want to let you know about all of the ways that you can support OK Podcast. The best way to support OK is by joining our Patreon. By becoming a patron, you could submit questions to our monthly guests, get access to bonus content and interviews, and be mentioned in our thank yous in every episode. We've opened a shop for OK. To visit our shop, go to ok-podcast.com slash shop. We'll be adding new items to the shop, so check back frequently. While you're on our website, subscribe to our newsletter. We send a wrap up every month, so you'll know all about the latest OK news. 
OK Podcast is also affiliated with kawaii fashion brand Holly Tea Time. If you want to buy kawaii clothes, support OK Podcast and get 15% off, go to hollyteatime.shop slash discount slash OK Podcast. And that is O-K-E-I exclamation point exclamation point capital P O D C A S T. Yes. Your discount will be automatically put towards your order at checkout. If you want to support OK Podcast for free, tell your friends about us. If you listen on iTunes, leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and share our posts when you see them. We'd love to grow the community around OK and all of this helps to do so. And with that, let's head into this month's interview. And welcome back. Today we are talking with Alexia, aka Ghost Girl Goods. Alexia is a Canadian designer and the owner of Ghost Girl Goods. She strives to connect the kawaii and J-fashion community around Canada and the world. She's worked with Japanese designers and popular Harajuku models for online Q&A events. Her brand mixes cool and cute styles for a hip-hop, pop, Fusion. Its model is Be Strange, Fear the Norm, and encourages everyone to be themselves and wear the clothes they love without boundaries. Hi, Alexia. How are you doing today? Hello. I am doing pretty good. How about yourself? It's been a hectic week, and I'm just rolling with it. I am trying my best to thrive off of it and just like take the chaotic energy and continue the chaos in myself (laughs) to roll it forward into the next day exactly (laughs) yeah this is sort of like a reset week for me last week was really hectic with my cat's health and then also me putting out new items on my website but this week we're on to new projects and i've officially decided today i am going to get an iPad Pro 5th generation. Ooh, Ooh, nice. So pre-orders are Friday, and I'm just like, all right, I'm doing this. I have an iPad. I don't remember what model it is, but it's so convenient to finally, like, just go wherever you want to go, and, like, even if it's just around the house, just go and draw and have artistic fun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because I don't really plan on going a lot of places and drawing. Um, Actually, I would be really nervous in public drawing with such an expensive item. Um, (laughs) That's fair. I'm just like, oh gosh, so scared. Um, I even feel like kind of weird with like my Nintendo Switch traveling with that. It's an anxiety thing of just like, if you have this item, automatically everyone in the sphere can know that you have this item, even if it's covered and someone will want to take it from you. So I'm just like, oh God. So (laughs) I would be worried about dropping it with my- I'm a massive klutz and I would would drop it. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so I'm afraid, yeah, dropping it and or getting it stolen from me and or I leave it somewhere and lose it. But I'm I'm around the house more than anything. It would just be nice to to treat it more like a a sketchbook so I can leisurely draw whenever I get ideas rather than feeling like, okay, I've got to go into the work room and get in work mode and yeah. stuff like that. And here I am, my Android ass, and I'm like, 
Oh, my phone screen's all cracked. Oh, my computer. I need 50 bajillion things to plug into my computer. Oh, well, you're not like, you're doing sound stuff. So maybe that doesn't really super matter. Like you could probably um, do some more PC stuff, get a Chromebook or something. Oh, I hate Chromebooks too. (laughs) (laughs) I, I do not like Chromebooks. I don't like Apple products. And like, you know, I've done Apple products before. I used them a lot when I was in college. And even still, Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Mm, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not joining a side. (laughs) Acer for life. Honestly, though, same. I have my iPad. I have my iPod touch Mm -hmm. from 2015. (laughs) And I refuse to ever get an iPhone. Yeah, I have that too. I just don't want it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm I'm realizing that I'm just like, yep, I'm just I'm an Apple head. <laughs> I've got the iPhone, I've got the iMac, I'm getting this iPad Pro and I'm just like, yep, I'm just committing and saying who I am. I'm an <laughs> Apple person. Here we go. I used to be really in the PCs and just like, yeah, against Apple things. But now I'm just like, yeah, it's just easier if everything can work together. They're all friends. Yeah, so I don't know. (laughs) But it's funny. I feel like Apple is just like too sleek for me. I need something that's a little more like, I don't know, a little bulky or something. I'm, again, I'm a klutz. And I need something that I can drop a couple times. (laughs) And it won't automatically break. I'm very scared about that. It does have a different aesthetic. Like when I think of PC, I think of like the old Game Boys that you could see yeah. the inside of. It was like translucent. You could see yeah. all like the chip they were so inner chunky. workings. And yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I think that's really cool about PCs. The like the DIY aspect of it. I think that's super cool. Like it still connects to gamer more to me <laughs> in my head aesthetically than Apple products ever will. I think I end up when I started going back to PC, I, I had a job where it was just like, oh yeah, we're gonna be using PCs mostly. I was just like, okay. And then I went back and I was just like, ew. <laughs> This is ugly. Why is it that? What? <laughs> I didn't like the colors that were going on. I didn't like the... It was like the user interface was totally foreign to me at that point. And I was just like, yeah, I feel... When I go back to the Apple product, I'm just like, I'm at home. And this is all modern and sleek. Like, I feel like the opposite feeling. I'm just like, I need it to be sleek. I need it to be... No, I totally get what you mean. I just... I feel like whenever I'm using Apple products, just like so far out of my element, because you know me, I'm like, I, I am not sleek. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, I just want to like, it just feels so futuristic. And I'm like, I don't like this. This feels so weird. Yeah. It's a different idea about the future. Mm -hmm. It's like the, the, that idea. I'm just so used to like growing up with like, windows and like Mm -hmm. then all my phones have always been like android and then Uh, i only thought of apple for music like ipod it's so (laughs) interesting how the uh the different aesthetics just like they they evoke different emotions for us Mm -hmm. so we've been talking about yeah talking about that (laughs) (laughs) 
like, what segue of uh, how did you first discover J fashion from uh, not choosing Apple computers? <laughs> did you discover J fashion on a Windows computer? <laughs> um, actually, yes. Yes, I did. And uh, oh, what man. what computer was that? And uh, what Windows generation? Right. Was? Um, I believe Windows that was 99. most likely a um. What was that? Windows like Vista or something? Vista. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> I don't know. It was from a while back. I'm gonna say Vista. Okay. The computer type. Um, I had a laptop, <laughs> and it was most likely a okay. Samsung. <laughs> Yeah, tell us more about this discovery of J fashion in your life. <laughs> yes, so all computers aside, um, <laughs> when I was in grade nine, like going into high school, that's when I started getting into anime, like really seriously, because my cousin and my family friend always tried to convince me to watch anime, get into anime because they loved it. And I'm like, okay, I'm starting to like it now. I'm going to like dive into it. So over like, you know, Google search, finding pictures, I found out about Lolita fashion first. And then from Lolita fashion, I started finding out more about the Harajuku street style and like the Sunday meetups. And then eventually I found out about like 6% Doki Doki. So then I remember a specific time in grade nine, my friend actually went to Europe. I think she just went to France, but she brought back a Gothic Lolita Bible and we were like flipping through it and and it was so cool. And I was like, it had the patterns in it and everything. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like, I wish this stuff was sold in Canada because we got nothing cool here. <laughs> <laughs> like American bookstores, Otaku USA. And like, oh, yeah, they have yeah, all yeah. these like access to all these like cool magazines. Us here, we got to go to like the bookstore and like the manga costs like $15 a book. And like, yeah, it yeah. ain't that great. But the internet. I remember Manga USA. That was <laughs> my shit. <laughs> and then grade 12, I had the chance to go to Paris for a March break trip. And I was able to visit the baby, the Starshine Bright store and the Angelic Pretty store. And it was really cool. I like whispered to my teacher. I'm like, can we please go to this store? I really want to go. And there's, they don't have this in Canada. And he's like, okay, fine. So we went and I guess maybe not a lot of people know, but the Angelic Pretty store is in like this dark alleyway in, in Paris. What? And he, the teacher's like, where are we? And I'm like, no, no, I swear it's this way. I have like my map open and I'm like, I, I, I know it's this way. And then like we get to the store and it's all pink and like brightly like lit up. And it's just like <laughs> such a contrast from where it was located. Just the light at the end of the dark, dingy, grimy tunnel. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what was your teacher's reaction? He's just... So I go in there and I I, I bought a dress and I came out. I'm like, oh, I, I bought something. He's like, oh, how much was it? And I'm like, um, it was very expensive. <laughs> He's like, oh, I hope your parents aren't going to get mad. And I'm just like, ha uh, <laughs> do not look at me do not ask any more questions <laughs> let's go sir <laughs> i'm just gonna be asking for forgiveness <laughs> yeah, yep was that ap piece like was that the beginning of the wardrobe or had you started like gathering items for your collection before that like i didn't really know of any shops that i could find like kind of kawaii or j fashion-esque clothes i don't remember when exactly it was but on ebay 
there was a seller called Jill X Punk. I think that was the name, like Jill Punk something. And I bought this pair of pants, harem pants, and one side's <laughs> pink with black polka dots and the other is black with pink lightning bolts. Ooh. That was the very first piece of any sort of J fashion-esque fashion. Sounds very, sounds very ACDC rag in my head. Yes, it does. Going to like Hot Topic when I would visit the States, because again, they didn't have it in Canada yet. Wow. Really? Not even Hot Topic? Nope. <laughs> Hot Topic, I think, only came to Canada in after 2013, I think. Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> We had nothing like we had like another store that was kind of similar. I don't remember the name, but like it was in the mall that was close to my house. So I don't know if they had any other locations. That is interesting. I mean, I guess that's understandable. If Hot Topic started in America, usually the spread to other countries, you first have to make a spread all over like America first, then feel confident to go to other countries and then trying to make sure you're doing the right market fit so i'm just like yeah that makes sense it just seems so late yeah yeah <laughs> it was <laughs> <laughs> right right also like the u.s as a country we consume more than probably a lot of other countries and so usually places are like yeah we gotta get in in them the American market. Like we're yeah. getting so much from this and then going spreading out to other countries might not have as much of a buying culture as I guess starting out in the US. Mm -hmm. So definitely. So you started with these wild harem pants and then you got an angelic pretty dress. Those are two <laughs> different yeah. avenues, a complete at other ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. How would you describe your current J fashion style going from this wild style to AP suite to what are we at now? <laughs> Actually, it's still the same. <laughs> you still just jump from AP suite to... <laughs> you know what? I Like, I find that for myself, uh, and I'm sure lots of people too, it's hard to just want to wear one thing because maybe today you want to dress up in a cute frilly dress and then tomorrow you want to look like a hip hop dancer. I channel many energies within me and I want to show them all. So I cannot limit myself to just one style. <laughs> I get that. What do you feel is the most uh, prevalent in your wardrobe? Um, definitely not Lolita. Just because, <laughs> because like with Lolita fashion, for, for me at least, I only wear it to like events or like special yeah, gatherings. In my closet, like <laughs> I have a lot of 6% Doki Doki clothes and colorful clothes, skirts. Like I, I can't even categorize it under one thing because it's not fairy K. It's not like Decora. It's kind of just a bunch of things. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's kind of like hard to do Lolita, I guess, daily without having, I guess, more of a commitment to it. Yeah, I, I guess it's great for people who live in countries that like have like summer weather all year. 
Because then it's like easier if you're wearing Lolita in the winter, you got to worry about your boots and your coat. Whereas if it's like nice weather all year round, then you can kind of wear whatever you want. Right. Yeah. At least in my opinion, maybe there's people out there that are going to be like, uh, I wear Lolita in negative 30 degrees. <laughs> right. Or there's lots of people who don't really like hot weather. They kind of like yeah. it in between a spring, fall sort of thing. Me. <laughs> so it's like that's easier for Lolita just because you got to wear a little bit more layers with it. So many layers. Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of like spring and fall because I can wear just the right amount of layers that I want. I can get my cardigan, I can get my leggings, but I don't have to cover it up with a giant jacket. Even in the summer, if I'm just putting on like the thinnest, the thinnest windbreaker ever. I am sweating so like crazy. It is ridiculous. My opinion is like probably the most unpopular. Like whenever I see statuses of people like, what's your favorite like season? I'm probably the only one be like, I like summer. I like 80 degrees. And they're like, why? And I'm just like, because like, I just want to wear as little as possible without feeling <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> it's funny because like for me it's like oh my favorite season is winter mm. because i love the snow and i like i like bundling up and doing like outdoor activities which is funny because yeah. it's like very cold outside but like mm -hmm. sometimes i go skiing and oh, it's just yeah. so exhilarating <laughs> even though it's cold but it's just nice <laughs> i can totally see that I've, I've definitely gone through my bouts of trying to appreciate colder weather by being like yeah i'm gonna go hiking or i'm gonna walk around this winter event thing and try to appreciate winter outside of christmas yep yep <laughs> and sometimes i'm successful and sometimes i'm not <laughs> But yeah, bundling up, I mean, that is a way to get more J fashion style in. It's like, oh, I can wear my, you know, ACDC rag jacket or something yep. <laughs> and then like some beanies and or some gloves that appeal to your style or something like that. You can and wear layers. Yeah. And scarves. That makes sense. So what got you interested in bringing Japanese guests to Canada and what made it feel like that was something possible for you to facilitate? I didn't actually know if it was going to be possible, <laughs> but essentially I just have the determination of a hungry lion. <laughs> so when I really want something, I do whatever my tiny little hands and body can do <laughs> to, to make it work. Essentially... The whole reason why this started was when I went to New York City in 2015 to see Sebastian Masuda do a, a lecture on kawaii fashion. And he just inspired me so much in that meeting. And I'm like, I really wish that we had these sorts of events happen in Canada or in Toronto. And after the his talk was done, he did like a Q&A. And then he asked everyone, oh, who thinks they came the furthest? And I raised my hand and I'm like, oh, I came from Toronto. And everyone's like, oh, because <laughs> no one came from very far. Most of the people there were from New York or like the surrounding areas. But I was the only one who ventured. 
And after um, the Q&A was done, there was a little reception and he was there to take pictures with people. And I went to him and I said, I would really love if you could come to Toronto one, t one time, like you have fans there. And he's like, oh, okay, like I will think about this. And I'm like, great, please do. <laughs> so then in 2018, he had another lecture and I went again. And he asked the same question, who thinks they came the furthest? And it was me again, but this time he remembered who I was. Canadian! So, yeah, he does remember, he remembers people, like, it's kind of cool. Yeah, and it was, it was cool because it was like, you know, several years later, so much could have happened, but he still remembered me as the one Canadian person who came to his lecture. So then after the, the lecture, he had the reception again, and then I went up to him again, and I was like, you should come to Toronto. You have fans there. And he's like, Okay, I will consider this. <laughs> that was in, um, I believe, March. So then in October, I was going to Japan. And on Halloween, I went to the Kawaii Monster Cafe. Rest in peace, Kawaii Monster Cafe. Oh, yeah. But no other than Sebastian Masuda was at the Kawaii Monster Cafe. <laughs> and I went up to him and I'm like, hey... I'm like, hey, do you remember okay. me? Please come to Toronto. And then he's like, okay, you know what? In that moment, he saw how determined I was. And then we exchanged contact information. And that's when we started to discuss the new generation kawaii tour. Wow. Ah, the really okay. third time's the charm. Yeah. So to answer your question about how it works or how I made it work was I just was very determined. Wow, wow. And had you done any like uh, event planning before then? Nope. <laughs> wow. I literally just went headfirst into this because I just really wanted it to happen. And then when he agreed to it, I'm like, great, awesome. Now I got to get my, my, you know, my <laughs> shit together and make something work really well. Wow, that's amazing. I gotta remember that when I think about like, I saw him at an event in LA and it was, I think it was where there was the Hello Kitty capsule and. <gasps> oh yeah. Yeah. And like, I was just thinking like, I want this to happen in Chicago. Like Chicago never has too many like J fashion guests or anything. Which is surprising being like the third populous city in the US. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like New York and LA kind of get most of the attention from Japanese designer guests and stuff. Plus our like conventions have totally given up on catering to fashion and we're not sure why <laughs> that happened. It's not like we have a bunch that had fashion shows, but... The one that I think everyone would consider going to, which I think is like ASEN, has totally been like, yep, we don't care about J fashion anymore. And we're just like, okay. And when it was cared about, you had Lolita Brands and then you had Galaxy. Maybe Galaxy would come. So yeah, so just not very much variety. So I'm thinking like, it would be really good if we could have someone like Sebastian Matsuda or um, the designer of ACDC Rag to come to Chicago or something. That would be cool for some sort of event. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but that's cool talking about like, you just had this like idea and just kept mentioning it and mentioning it 
to Sebastian to make it happen. Yeah, and you know what? I think a lot of people, they feel nervous or like kind of intimidated to ask such a question. But in in the end, the worst that they can say is no. Like, you know, you never know until you try. Like, that's why I would just, I kept persisting and kept saying it because maybe one day he'll he'll want to come and then you know what his his interest was sparked Mm -hmm. (laughs) and let Mm -hmm. alone like asking three times i think that (laughs) a lot of people and it's a very good point to make that you know it's okay to ask multiple times and i i would say don't put this towards like everyday regular individuals, but like (laughs) if it's a larger brand, if it's like an entity that is not just like an actual human, if it's a brand or a designer that you're looking to bring somewhere, I think it's okay to ask multiple times, even if the answer that you get is no, because the more you ask, the more that it shows that there are people who are interested. And I think a lot of people, if they get a no for an answer or even a non-answer it can be really discouraging so I think that's really really brave of you to like keep pushing for it and look what it came to you did it yeah and I like I feel very grateful I'm grateful because it's nice that in this case Sebastian maybe he didn't know that there were people in Canada that liked his stuff as much or like he didn't see that there was even a bigger amount But like, it's just nice because it's something that I was able to bring that benefits many people. So it's an event that brought so many people joy. And it's not just something that I wanted to do for me because like, oh, yeah, like I'm going to work with him and, you know, I'm going to get so much fame. It's like, no, I wanted to do this because I wanted to have many people feel the same way that I felt when I got to go to his lecture and how happy that made me feel and how big my smile was. And like, I just wanted so many people to feel that same way because it felt so good. Yeah, when you're motivated by something bigger than yourself, you know, you can find the strength and the bravery to put yourself out there more. Yeah. So you got to create this huge thing that was bigger than yourself. What was it like working with Sebastian Masuda? What were the challenges? How was it working, like collaborating with this designer that like, you know, is pretty highfalutin, I, sh- I could say, <laughs> compared to like yeah. little, little us community members. Right. Did you get to work directly with him or was it like a group of people, other people? So I worked directly with him and then like his his uh, like 6% Doki team. When we all like sat down to like, this was when I was still in Japan. I had a chance to talk with them before leaving and we were kind of like, yes, okay, we're going to do this event and it's going to be big and it's going to be great. And I'm like, okay, cool. So then I came back to Canada and on January 1st, kind of made the announcement like, I'm working with 6% Doki Doki, yay. So then I'm like thinking to myself, okay, I have to plan an event and I have to contact these conventions and I have to figure out how I'm going to bring them here and I'm going to do this all. (laughs) So I started to contact the conventions and contact the Doki Doki team. 
And obviously the time difference, so I'm waiting for them to respond. Then I got to respond to the other people. It was an enormous amount of work. And I was doing this all by myself and trying to connect with different places in Toronto that worked with Japanese guests, local Japanese centers that like maybe teach English. So I actually work alongside a Japanese festival called Japan Festival. It was no problem getting the in with them to have the new generation kawaii tour kind of have like a fashion show and stuff in their event i bet they were like what yes like this would yeah. be a huge draw for us <laughs> so then i also contacted an event in montreal called otakuthon and then i was able to get a hold of them in their guest apartment and i managed to uh, get it to work out to have them go to Montreal first and then come back to Toronto for Japan Festival. In Montreal, we just did Otakuthon, but then when we came to Toronto, we actually had a lecture at my college, which was called George Brown College. We had an event, a capsule event, at a place called the Ch Japan Society, which is a center where, like I said, you can learn Japanese. They have a, a library full of Japanese uh, literature and uh, different like movies and stuff and they have a lecture hall where they hold different events and I thought this was the perfect place to have this uh, event and I was able to contact the organizers and they were very friendly and they wanted to support me as much as possible and then we ended off the tour at Japan Festival. So in total it was uh, two weeks long. Wow that is a massive massive undertaking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for like it being your first time organizing like anything like this. How did you deal with like, I guess the pressure of it? Were you feeling like scared it wasn't going to um, come together? Or were you feeling like as you got along um, with other people like supported? Because I'm very determined, I tried to get as much information as I can from every person. So if I was trying to contact Otakuthon, I was like, okay, please give me all this information. So then I take it and I give it back to the 6% Doki Doki team. You know, the language barrier is a little bit hard, but you know, they did their best. I did my best. You know, I'm sure somewhere down the line, I was really scared that something was going to get screwed up. But I'm very thankful that everything worked out and even through the little hiccups along the way we, everything managed to get sorted out smoothly and even like Sebastian was like have you ever done this before and I'm like nope <laughs> nope this is my first time he's like wow okay brave you are so brave and I, I'll say I love cultural centers just because they are always so down to do things. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, we want to do all the events. We want to host all the things like whatever we can do, like we'll we'll do our best. And they're always they always feel so welcoming mm -hmm. to everyone. I just love all cultural centers. Another question that we didn't write down, but popped up in my head. How did you keep all of this organized? Like for me, I love taking notes. I have 50 bajillion Google Docs and I have 13 different notes in my phone and I love checklists and that is how I keep my brain organized. How did you keep all of this organized so nothing went awry? So I'm the same way I love writing notes. I love writing lists. I love having Google documents. I had my Google Drive with a separate folder for this 
And then I had my computer file with a separate folder. And then on my phone, I had my checklist and my calendar. And then in my bag, I have my notebook. I write everything down. I go to a meeting, I write it down. I uh, have to see this person, write it down. Like I am a very organized person in general, but this one specifically, I just, I kicked it into like 10,000 gears more because I'm like, I don't want to miss anything. And I was on top of my emails. I was getting back like, Within minutes. <laughs> wow. I do the same and yet, and yet, I am still <laughs> scatterbrained. So I applaud you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I remember going over some other events that you've been involved in. And I wanted to know what is the, like, I don't even know, like, how to pronounce this. Buri Deco. Mm -hmm. brilliant star world lolita collection (laughs) (laughs) event (laughs) and how were you involved it sounds like an ebay like product type (laughs) title so in 2019 there was an event held in toronto called dear lolita the guests of dear lolita were triple fortune triple fortune is the Lolita brand that also has their own musical group called Brilliant Kingdom. Oh, I didn't know that. that. Yeah. So, so yeah. So Triple Fortune also, um, the design designers, Bobby and Kai, have their own musical group called Brilliant Kingdom. So they came to this event and one of the ticket options was a VIP dinner to have dinner with Triple Fortune. And as soon as I saw that this was an option, <laughs> there was only like two or three tickets available and i waited at the checkout for the tickets to be available and i got one so then uh, the event happened it was a two-day event and um and then the sunday was the dinner so during the dinner um i got a chance to speak with the designers and they were very like very kind and i told them my whole philosophy of fashion and they're like oh we think the same way. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> Someone gets me. <laughs> so I went to Japan in September of 2019. And I actually went to go meet up with one of my friends at this cafe that was doing a Sanrio collaboration. And then a couple seats away from me, I see Bobby and Kai. And they were they were meeting with the Pinky. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, uh, she was there and they were having a meeting because um, she was going to be modeling for them. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Just all the people are there. <laughs> all the people were there and it was really cool. So I made, I, I was like trying to make eye contact with them and I'm just like, I like waved at them. And then they're like, oh, like they like made a surprised face and they waved at me. And then I went, I went to the table and I just like, oh, like, sorry to interrupt you. But like, it was so nice to see you. And they're like, so nice to see you here. Like, what a surprise. I um, exchanged contact information with them because uh, I, I was there for a month of time. And I'm like, oh, I'd love to see you guys again before I leave. And they're like, oh, of course. So we had a dinner closer to the end of my trip. And we were just chatting and sharing different stories. And they even invited um, one of their like translator friends. And it was really nice. And uh, at, when dinner was done, they're like, oh, like, we'd like you to represent Canada at our event uh, in February of 2020. And I'm like, oh, perfect. I'm like, wow, yes, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> and thankfully, this was 
a little bit before the COVID lockdowns Oof, really started. Yeah. So I was indeed able to go to Japan and I went for a weekend. Wow, short timeline. <laughs> yeah, so the event was Saturday, Sunday. So I left on Thursday, got there on Friday for dress rehearsal. The event was Saturday, Sunday. I left on Monday, went back to work on Tuesday. Wow. <laughs> oh man, you must have been so tired. But uh, but yeah, so their event, which is called Buridako, is a yearly event where they have a big fashion show and they invite different designers from different countries. Their first day is a little market where people can sell their stuff. And this year it was held at this little like bar, like a little like cafe bar. And it was like in the basement floor. It was kind of like <laughs> awkward to find, but a lot of people ended up coming, which was really good. And then the second day is a really big fancy tea party and it was held at a really nice hotel. So the fashion show was really cool. There were so many people and like um, Miss, Miss Danger from Russia oh, yeah. was there and... Um, a couple of designers from Taiwan, I believe. Yeah, it was just such a great event. And I'm I'm so grateful that I got the chance to be part of it. And for me, I was the only street style brand, like indie brand. Uh, Listen Flavor was also there. And there was another one. And I, I just, uh, the name is slipping my mind right now. And it was just really cool. So me being me, I like to dance during my fashion shows. So when we had dress rehearsal and I was like, going off and like dancing the the designers were like um like bobby and kai were like oh yes please dance more and i'm like okay i will so i was the last person to go up for the fashion show and like i did my dance moves and then some some attendees came to me after and they were like wow like your dancing was so cool and i'm like oh thanks that's so awesome <laughs> it was so much fun i'm i'm so grateful that i got to be part of it and uh, I'm so grateful that it, it happened before all the lockdowns. And yeah, that oh would gosh. have been such a disappointment if it didn't happen. Mm, yeah, that would have been heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you've worked with brands like Six Percent Doki Doki, Nuez, Triple Fortune. What have you learned from working with all of these brands? And this can be in regards to like life philosophy, but also things to know and to keep in mind when going forward for creating new events in Canada. Things you want to do in the future to bring J Fashion more prevalence in Canada. I think the most important point is you never know until you try. You never know what kind of opportunities are going to come until you put yourself out there. And putting yourself out there doesn't mean you have to go big. Like it's, it can be as small as asking a question, as small as showing interest in something that someone does. Don't feel limited to your abilities. Because for example, when it comes to Japanese guests, maybe you're like, oh, but you know, I don't speak Japanese. Well, these designers may not know a lot of English, but they might know a little bit of English, enough to see that you're really interested in what they're doing. Of course, when I'm here in Canada and they're there in Japan, communicating can be hard. Like it's, it's hard to really, you know, get your idea solid maybe, or like express yourself the way you really want to. Or you might know someone that would be willing to translate something end up meeting a friend that's just like, hey, I, like, I can translate a message for you if you would like. And I'm sure, you know, the designers in Japan have that as well. I'm grateful that I have a friend who lives in Japan 
And the first time I went to go meet uh, Jin, the designer of Nuez, he was working at Galaxy Store. I messaged him on Instagram and I'm like, oh, I'd love to meet you. Are you working at Galaxy today? And then he was like, yes, I'm here all day. Please come. So I asked my friend to to come with me and I asked her if she would be okay to help me kind of ask him if he would be interested in doing a collaboration with me. That was in 2018. We went together and we had a little chat in, in Galaxy and, you know, she was able to express this for me and I was really grateful that it, in, in that moment, you know, maybe if I were to go alone, like, I wouldn't have been able to ask. And even if you do go alone, you know, you have the technology of Google Translate. God bless Google Translate. If you really wanted to ask a question. It's not great, but it gets the job done. You know what? If those keywords are Mm -hmm. there, that's what Mm -hmm. matters. I think people shouldn't feel limited to their abilities because you can make it happen. You just need to want it a lot and you need to work hard for it. Bless those translator friends. They yeah. are they are the real ones. Yes. <laughs> Let's give a moment of like amen to them. <laughs> <laughs> I think through all of that, all the collaborations and people I've been able to work with, I just feel really grateful for the chances that I got. I put a lot of hard work into everything I do and nothing came easy. You know, when I talk about it, maybe it sounds like it came easy, but there's a lot of work that I did behind the scenes and every moment I could get to make it happen. Yeah, I can imagine how much it takes, like one, how much energy you have to put in and two, how much energy it can take from you just like residually, just like it is so much hard work. So it is amazing how much you've put into it and how much you've put into your events and how spectacular they've come out they because i haven't been to them my little usa ass but (laughs) seeing the pictures and seeing videos it's like wow that that looks great and who knows maybe someday we'll connect and we'll be like hey Chicago, Canada squad. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Aren't we connecting right now? Yeah, I mean, we're in Chicago. We're not that far away from Canada. I've always wanted to to do, I think, I think you were involved in doing some of, I think it was probably like the Japan Fest thing where it was just like, oh yeah, you could model for 6%. And I'm just like, ah. (laughs) So like, for some reason, it wasn't like a convenient time for me. But I thought like, oh man, (laughs) if this were to happen again, I would really love to do that. Yeah, so keep doing what you're doing because... You know, one day I will be available to, 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 to be a part of it if there's an opportunity like that. Yeah, for sure. And I hope one day we can all meet, whether it's at a convention or at an event. What were the biggest struggles with trying to connect the Canadian community with these larger J fashion brands? Um, what was the most fulfilling by trying to do that? I guess I don't really know how active the community is in in Canada. Yeah, actually, this is a really good kind of little discussion to make because in the States, I feel like there is an immense community of like J fashion lovers, just like decora and like colorful fashion. Whereas in Toronto or like, you know, in Canada, it's mainly Lolita. 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of the um, guests that we get at uh, conventions and events are Lolita guests. I mean, Lolita is supreme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm still grateful that we get, a, we get guests. Like, don't get me wrong. But this is where I wanted to step in because I feel like I'm at I'm at a point where it's like I love both but like if we're only going to see one like we're not going to get the diversity of it. So when I was planning the new generation kawaii tour, I hoped and hoped and hoped that people would come out come out to the events that I was hosting. At conventions it's easy because people are there anyways. People who just go there for anime, they're passing by, they're like, "Whoa, what's this colorful t-shirt? Like that's cool." So Otaku-san was a blast. It was great. And even the panels that we had, it was like a, a good amount of people. Sebastian actually DJed at their nighttime party. Oh my, oh my God, that is so much fun. <laughs> and it was just a whole bunch of ravers. And they're like, who is that this is guy? So like, great. he's so cool. Like, we're just going to keep dancing. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I found that when I came to Toronto, the independent events that I had, like, it didn't get as much traction as I would have hoped. Just simply because a lot of the people I was advertising to were like the Lolita community, which like there's people in the Lolita community that like J fashion, but of course, not as many. So like the anime convention community too. And maybe a lot of those people don't even know much about J fashion. So they didn't really think of it as uh, like a neat opportunity. They just kind of thought of it as, oh, it's just something I'm not really interested in. They don't see the crossover. They just see, oh, fashion, no thank you. Yeah, like, perhaps a lot of people thought that way. So when I um, connected with the Japan Society, I was grateful because they um, sent out, like, an email newsletter and included it. So um, for that event, like, I had uh, some random people come and that just, like, Japanese culture. And it was nice because then they also came out to Japan Festival after they heard about Sebastian Masuda and his appearance so it was it was a little bit of a struggle to get the same outreach that I think America would have because when I went to New York for his lectures it's just not the same amount of people and that's just because like we have a lot of people here but not as many. (laughs) I also and this is going to be an interesting metaphor but if we imagine the world as like a map or the the world is what okay (laughs) the world as a map well worlds do have maps if we we, like imagine a map as like a sheet of fabric but with just enough like looseness in it and if we imagine those cities as marbles on that piece of cloth and the city's population equals the the weight of the marble those larger cities are gonna make a bigger dip in the cloth right and it's gonna make everything else come towards it just because of how dense it is they just have a bigger draw because of the population size because they are they are known as big cities so people flock to them more often they have a larger gravitational force right or central to um lots of different other areas like a central place to connect exactly and we mentioned it earlier like chicago even just being the third most populous city in the u.s 
it doesn't have as much of a draw as LA or New York. They It makes a much smaller dip in the fabric, so we don't get as much draw. Yeah, we're not on the coast, you know. It's not the first place people come to when they come into contact with the U.S., so I feel like it's a very similar situation with Canada. We're like, yes, there's a big population, but it's not as big. So we don't get as much of a gravitational draw from the areas around us. And also Lolita is the most popular, I guess, J fashion here as opposed to the other more colorful J fashion styles. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I found like, when we have Lolita-centric events or guests at cons and stuff, like tickets sell out really fast. People are waiting and they're like, oh, I didn't get in or, oh, I got my ticket. For this one, I had that same hope, like, oh, like the tickets are going to go out so fast. Or, but it wasn't the same thing. And that's okay because for me, this is my first time doing this. So I also thought of it as maybe I could have advertised differently. Maybe I didn't advertise enough in different places. So Right, right. Or you might be just introducing someone at this at this point, like introducing these this other style to them. And maybe there are other people who want to get into J fashion, but kind of just think Lolita's the only thing. Exactly. And that's what I found that there were some people that were so fascinated. They're like, I've never seen this stuff before. There was um, a girl and uh, her her partner was there. And it seemed like he even, he's never tried this fashion before, but he ended up buying so many things because he, he, he was so like excited about it. And it was really cool. And it was like, those were the types of moments that really made me smile because like, that's what I wanted. I wanted people to have this experience. I wanted people to l learn something new or or see someone that they, like, look up to or be part of an event that just brings them, like, lasting memories. I think you probably did that. <laughs> Definitely. Just by being visible and you know, being J fashion, it is it is usually pretty visible. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but you know, we're, we're a spectacle and people are drawn to it. And I whenever a J fashion person goes out, you know, we're showing people new things and we're teaching people. So just by being present and being, um, being visible to other people in different spheres like a Japanese cultural society you you've done that you've taught people new things and you've shown our community to the world and I'll keep showing it as many times as I can how would you advise someone looking to bring Japanese designers to their events or working with them on a specific project I feel like going from our earlier conversations like persistence is key consistency after anything um being solidified but yeah anything else that that would help people bring these events to and life this is totally not a, a self-gratifying question i'm totally not taking notes on this at all right yeah exactly um no i'm not doing anything like that either even though i've already thought of 12 ideas for being inspired from your journey <laughs> I think another really important point that I did not mention was don't be afraid to work with others. I think that a lot of people might be caught up in their head of wanting to do things and not wanting to work with other people to make it happen 
because maybe they're stuck with the mindset of they want that attention, they want that gratitude, they want that name and shining lights. Oh, this person did it. Or did it on their own. Yes, exactly. And like people don't get that when you do have the chance to work with people and like not not a random person that you don't trust, like someone you trust, of course, or, or multiple people that you can trust or put your trust into or people who are offering, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to get help from others. It's okay to work together as a team because yeah, you'll look all high and mighty if you do it yourself. And then you're, you know, you're going to be in so much pain and you're tired. But like when you work together with other people, you created something as a team. You created something with with other people and now you're all at the top together and you can all thrive knowing that you put your hard work into the project or the event. And I think it's important for people's pride. Like, it's okay. Like, it's not going to ruin your 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 pride. Like, it's okay. It's, and people are going to be like, oh, X person and Y person and Z person, they worked on it. It's everyone working together in harmony to, to make something fun happen. I feel called out. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I... I guess I could say I have some bad experiences with working in groups from oh, school. Yeah, from that's school. The, yes. That's the problem. A lot of people don't have good experiences working with people. And you know what? At first, maybe you're working with someone and it seems really good. And then someone does something kind of scummy and then you break the force, which sucks because, you know, you're hopeful about something and you're passionate about it. And then you're working really hard and then, oh, sorry, I accidentally did this thing or, oh, actually, I'm going to steal your contacts and then do my own thing. Like, it's so hard to tell how things are going to turn out, but you never know until you try. <laughs> and it's better to fail than to not do anything, right? Like, it's better to try work with someone and if it doesn't work out now you know you know the type of person you don't want to work with you know that oh you know what maybe I am better off working by myself or oh you know what I want to work with someone but they really need to be more punctual they really need to be better at communicating etc 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 I again I just like don't look at me I'm <laughs> but you do work to, you're you work together with me you're totally right and I'm just like I, I guess I'm thinking more of like workspace with like jobs or like other sort of projects that I feel like I'm being graded on I think that's another aspect of it that like you're not being graded on anything anymore or I'm not. Or you're doing stuff of your own volition. Like in school, it's like a project maybe you don't totally vibe with. Or it's people you didn't really get to choose to work mm -hmm. with. It was just like, hey, you got to work with Joe, Jack, and Joe. And it's just <laughs> like, okay. And you didn't really even get to forge some sort of bond with them or, or collaboration style. It's just you have to do something yeah, school is not the greatest atmosphere for, I don't know, learning how to work well with people. Because then you get the person that just like falls off the face of the earth and it's like, okay, I guess I'm doing the project all by myself. <laughs> you know what? Like I've worked with like a convention in Toronto um, called KCON which happened in 2019 as well. Oh, yeah. We talked about like it on the podcast being like, oh, man, we'd love to 
go to that or know more about how that went? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, I was I was part of the team that kind of brought it to life. But you know what? Like, it was a first-time event. There's a lot of things that we learned and a lot of things that, you know, it, it shows how much communication is needed, how much organization is needed, having specific tasks, specific roles. So, you know what? Never expect anything to work sparkly and shiny on the first go. It takes time. You learn along the way. And it's the valuable lessons that you learn. Uh, the lesson of uh, working together with people and being open to those sorts of opportunities, despite, you know, the risk of it not being a great match um, just for the um, the big reward of it, it working out really well and being able to produce something bigger than yourself. Um, is a great message to end on here. And like I had, I asked many of my friends like for help and I was so grateful that they were able to help me and I just thanked them so much. And then they were, they were also thankful too, to have these nice memories to, to share. It's something good for everyone. I don't think we've had an interview guest that has used the word, I'm so grateful <laughs> so many times during the interview. So... <laughs> It is truly felt, and I hope our audience also feels that genuineness as well. <laughs> so, Alexia, where can our listeners find more of your content, find your brand, past events and future events? Where can they connect with you? If you would like to learn more about Ghost Girl Goods and all of its wonderful offerings of entertainment, fashion, and fun, you can go to www.ghostgirlgoods.com or visit us on Instagram at ghostgirlgoods, Twitter at Ghost Girl Goods, YouTube, the official Ghost Girl channel, and that's pretty much it. On my website, I have a blog where you can find many interviews with indie designers and brands, and also event and con reports. Ooh, con reports. Ooh, I love yeah. those. I love all I love all the cheese me from cons. <laughs> you you told us that you had a little a little sweet treat for all of our listeners uh, when it comes to your products and your brand. Tell us more about that. I sure do. So everyone who tuned in today to OK Podcast featuring Ghost Girl Goods gets a special <laughs> coupon code to use at ghostgirlgoods.com. And the coupon code for that is OK. G G G and you will get to save 20% off your order of any kind. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Thank you so much. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> so, for all of our listeners, go head over to Ghost Girl Goods. Use that coupon code cuz damn, we will drop that link in the description. And with that, this has been OK Podcast. Alexia, just play along. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. And? And this is Ghost Girl. We will see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Be strange, fear the norm. Ooh, I like that. <laughs>